Hey everyone, I've got a great episode for you this week. I spoke to Karan Tejwani and Raul Warrior, two very young freelance writers based out of Asia. They've had bylines in the likes of These Football Times, 442, Yahoo Sports, and The Guardian. They're also the co-founders of Football Chronicle, a website dedicated to long-form soccer storytelling. I love speaking with these two because they're so young, but have such a wealth of writing experience. I admire their passion for the craft and their desire to forge their very own space in the digital soccer community. We spoke about how they each got into writing, their process for putting long-form stories together, their plans for a future in journalism, and the thought process behind creating Football Chronicle. With all that said, here's Karan and Raul. So guys, thanks for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yep, you got to be on. Same, yeah, good to be on. Yeah, it should be a good conversation. So, um, I know from both of your Twitter accounts that you're Man United fans. So yeah. I'm wondering, um, before we get into your fandom, do you guys have a first football memory when you first started getting into the game? You want to go first, Karan? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, firstly, obviously, I don't know how many people are going to get to the end of this, so uh, I think it's best I say this in the start. Uh. The, the work you do, Mitch, with soccer, it, it's excellent. I think I speak on behalf of plenty of football writers when I say this. Uh, it's me and Rahul and the team of Football Chronicle, but the work you do generally promoting uh, writers and blogs, it's excellent, and, and we really appreciate it. So I think I, I want to get that off in the start. So thank, many thanks for that, obviously. Oh, thank you so much, Karan. I, I appreciate those kind words. That means a lot, honestly. Yeah. Uh now for the podcast itself, Manchester United. Uh, first football memory would probably be the 2006 World Cup. I think it was Brazil versus Croatia. Uh, I've mentioned this several times on my Twitter. I mean, it, it was Kaka scoring in the World Cup against Croatia. So that was pretty cool. Okay. Uh, I remember that, that moment as first. well. Obviously, it's a bit hazy. I don't remember. I didn't know what football was at the time. It's just that's the first thing I can remember watching. Okay. And, and that was at the point of the World Cup when Brazil was expected to win the entire thing because they had pretty much had that dream team. They had Kaká, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo Lima, Robinho, Lucio, Cafu, Roberto Carlos. So it was a dream team, honestly. It was crazy. So that's a cool yeah. memory to have. That is a cool memory to have. Sadly, I don't remember more, I don't remember more from the tournament, so <laughs> it's pretty cool to remember. But you did write a story about the 06 World Cup, no? Yeah, I did. I For did. these football uh, times. Year, I yeah, I think it was two years ago. Or last yeah. year, I don't remember, but... I did write a story about it. So, Raul, what, Raul, what is your uh, first football memory? Okay, for me, growing up, I wasn't really into football as much. I was more of a cricket fan. But then, uh, the 2014 World Cup, when, when the 2014 World Cup started, that is when I really started to get into the sport. I mean, I remember I had, um, I had holidays, so I was watching the games, even though it was... The timings weren't that great. It was the other side of the world. But even then, I mean, I was, I was really into the World Cup then. And then after that, I started getting more into football. And here we are now. So those are your f- first football memories, which is incredible. But um, as I mentioned before, you're Man United fan. So how did your Man, Man United fandom start? Uh, I'll go with this one first, I think. Uh... We're not sure exactly. I think Rahul and I have spoken about this before, briefly. Uh, I think it's down to television coverage. We don't really, you know, have any history with the club, nor do our families. You know, mainly Indians, we just watch cricket all the time. It's just, it's, it hardly goes beyond that. So, uh, it's rare to see a football family. So, it was mainly TV coverage. And, uh, obviously, United were, at the time, you know, five, seven, ten years ago, very popular on TV. They're always on TV. So, naturally... I think it, it comes to you that you become a fan of one of the bigger clubs and United was mine. So there is no big story behind it. It's just down to what was on TV. Okay. What about you, Real? I mean, it's a similar story. Growing up, United were always at the back of the newspaper. I mean, they, it was at a time when they used to win the league every year. And so, I mean, it is a natural choice. It's going to take, uh, it's going to start supporting the, the team you read the most about. So that's how. It, this, this, even though I wasn't really into football, when 
friends at school who did support you. It's going to say my United. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. So over in the states, back when I became a fan in probably like oh four oh five, the Premier League wasn't as big as it is right now, and uh, Man United just happened to be the first team I came across, and um, that's really how my fandom started. But I think for both of us, or for all of us, we were kind of spoiled at first. So like the early days of our United fandom, there were all these trophies, all this glory, all these world class players. Yep. And for the past five years, it's just been complete mediocrity. Yep. A lot of disappointment, a lot of boring football. So exactly, you just have to stick with it, don't you? Exactly. I mean, exactly. it is your choice in the start, so just may as well just get on with it. Yeah, I'm waiting for yeah. you right now. But I was happy about last weekend. I was not expecting that four 0 win against Chelsea. So it was a good start to the season. We've seen good starts. I just, <laughs> I just prefer keep my keep my head down and move on with it. All right, all right. I, I like I like that mindset. Yeah, I mean, but as long as we can dream, as long as. Until we lose the first game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to transition away from your fandom into your writing. So how early did you start writing about football? Okay, I'll, uh, I'll start. So, uh, I mean, I was, I was casually doing some uh, posts on my private blog in like 2014. But, but that is just like, I was just doing it for my own enjoyment. But then I, I actually got into football writing in 2015, late 2015, when I just, I just was reading uh, outside of the boot. And I thought, um, hey, why not? Let me, let me just mail them and see if they need a writer. And then I started from there. And then, I mean, from there, I slowly started to improve my writing, write for different sites, do different kinds of pieces. And then, yeah. That that's that's basically be my story. Okay. What about you, Karan? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it happens with Twitter. Uh, there's this website uh, called United Lamble. I think it was. I don't remember the name exactly. I don't think it exists right now. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Though. Uh. So they sent out a tweet saying out saying that they wanted a few writers on board with them. Uh. I think it started with that. <laughs> Funnily enough, I didn't know anything about football writing then. Yeah, it was just new to me still. So what they actually wanted was a person to just rehash news. And I had no idea about the technical terms and all that. And I Googled it, just gave me a few hints, but I still had no idea. So uh, I, I did this analysis piece, despite them asking me to rehash. So it was on Anahilada, pretty, pretty nonsense. It was not worth spending time on. <laughs> I look back on it now. Uh, so I guess that was a start for me. I just went on from there. Okay. So United Ramble was my first blog and then a few United blogs and then officially onto formal football writing in September 2016, I guess. Yeah, it seems like both of you just kind of were, were reading about football, were really passionate about it to a certain extent, and uh, figured that the best way to start was to cold email different blogs and editors. So I think that's a good message to all the, all the prospective writers out there, is that in order to get started, it's really about you making that first step and you creating opportunities for yourself because you guys obviously did that in your first pieces. Yep, that's, that's the way. I mean, but when, when uh, you first started writing, um, what outlets did you read often? Okay, I mean, for me, ESPN was always where I used to read football a lot, I read about football. Uh, I mean, I still think ESPN is uh, one of the, the main sites that people used to read uh, about football, but as as time progressed, I mean, on Twitter you see many links, and then from there you find out about different sites, and then there's there's so much football content out there. It's really you can you can pick and choose, and you're re- you're really spoiled for choice. That's very yep, true. Just, there there are a lot, yep. are a lot of options out there right now. What about you, Karam? What are you saying? Just about the same, actually. I mean, it was newspapers for me because I grew up in Dubai, right? We don't have uh, too much. European football coverage still in, in the media. So it was mainly newspapers for me. And newspapers used to uh, just rehash uh, stories from other newspapers. So it was a mix of, uh, of, of outlets for me. So that's how it got into it. But it, if if I really pinpoint, I think it was uh, Goal.com and ESPN for me too. So they were pretty good with their news coverage. I wouldn't necessarily always agree with their opinions as it's supposed to be, but the news was pretty fast and pretty good. So that's how it came to be for me. Okay. 
And then transitioning to present day. So you guys obviously write for Football Chronicle, the website you founded. Um, you've written for these football times. Um, I think you've written for In Bed with Maradona, a couple four four two. I think one of you has been featured on The Guardian. You've been on Yahoo Sports. So when it comes to writing about topics in the present day, are you pitching ideas or are you writing a story and then pitching that story? You want to go first, Karan? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, so Football Chronicle, obviously, since we're the uh, founders and the editors, so the story comes down to us what we want to publish. So there is no pitching or anything in that sense. It's just something we want to choose to work on and just work on it. If it suits the site, sure, go for it, publish it. But if not, we'll uh, dump the idea. But for other websites, we, well, I mainly pitch ideas. Uh, that's how it works for me on these football times. Uh, the Guardian was actually picked up. Well, it was a piece on Sassuolo picked up from these football times. So uh, there was no pitching or anything for me in that sense. And for other sites, I think most outlets prefer the pitching ideas option rather than pitching stories. So that's how it's worked for me recently. Okay. How about you, Raul? I mean, okay, for me, it's just it's just about pitching. I mean, look, just to look for different sites. Uh, and then just pitch ideas. Sometimes you don't get replies back. Sometimes you do. So it's it's really about this pitching. I mean, it's really it's very easy to pitch. I mean, this of this of emailing is just one click away. And there are so many ideas out there. You can really you can do anything. So once you take that first step, I feel for me it is is easy to just just keep pitching and seeing what sticks very true very true it's all about consistency and, and persistence honestly because like you said there's going to be a lot of instances where someone doesn't reply but if that happens you're on to the next and just clicking keep, keep clicking away until until someone bites but Raul yeah. b- for both of you Karan and Raul before we uh, did this interview I asked you to send me um, a few of the stories you're most proud about and Raul, you told me one of your proudest pieces was a feature on Timothy Way because you did an interview with him. So I'm wondering, um, that was an interview piece. So it's a feature story based off an interview you did with a player. But a lot of the stories you write are going back into the past and retelling a tale. I'm wondering which type of stories you like telling better. Okay, I mean, both, but both pieces are... I mean, obviously, com- completely different. For me, the reason I, I prefer the VIP uh, piece was because it is something different to what I usually do because I was actually reporting on the ICC tournament over here and I was able to, he, I was able to get him to stop with, and talk to me in the mix zone. And basically, the, that, that kind of experience was something different to what I'd done before. But... In general, for me, I like I like writing the pieces like the ones I do on these football times. It's just those long form articles because I feel that suits my strength more. You're able to get into the topic, do your own research, and I feel those pieces enjoy me. I enjoy those pieces as well. But really, it's just both are fun to do. It's just it's just a different different situation. Yeah, well, um, I honestly love reading your long-form stories. Uh, I think it really teaches you something in the moment. If you have like a good 15, 20 minutes to just sit down and get into the story, it's well worth the read, especially a lot of the stuff that you publish on Football Chronicle and a lot of the stuff that you see on these Football Times and these other more prominent independent websites. So, um, Karan, one of your fave pieces that you told me about was a story on Jose Mourinho um, on these uh, football times. What was that? I, I think he disconnected. Oh, Quran. Oh, Quran less connection. Okay, so we'll um, figure that out. He just messaged me saying he had a power cut and um, yeah. he'll be back in about five minutes. So instead of um, wasting five minutes of time with uh, no talk, we'll just continue the interview between me and you, Raul. Is that cool? Okay, yeah, sure. Nice, nice. Okay, so you, you, you were saying that you like writing the long-form stories better, and um, that's totally cool. So I really want to get insight into what the research process is behind it. So how long does it take you to research? Um, 
How are you finding your information and how do you string all of that information together? Okay, that's an interesting question. Uh, for me, I mean, if once I find a topic, I just I just Google, look look for different links. I mean, usually if it's if I'm doing a piece on a player, then I will go up to Wikipedia just to just to look at his career, how his career has progressed, and from there, you you can get different facts like okay, maybe one season he the player didn't perform that well, but then he moved to a different club and then he improved and he started scoring more goals or you know that kind of thing and from there you need your stats i mean i use transfer market for stats and then i mean it's just this googling and then you can find definite some interview pieces uh just all over the net and once you once you have that initial structure in mind i mean how you want to go about writing the piece i i find i then it, once i have that base then it's easier for me to get going with the writing Okay, that makes total sense. So I'm wondering, um, before you write a piece, do you look for look at look to any place for inspiration, whether it's a, a previous story on these football times or a really good piece you may have read on the Blizzard or on the Guardian? Is there any like sort of like authors or, or excuse me, writers or specific stories that you really see as inspiration and something you want to try and achieve yourself? Uh. Okay, so are you asking about writers I look up to, or yeah, yeah. T- t- tell me some writers you look up to. Okay, so I mean the standard, I mean the, the writers of from Guardian, Sidlow, uh, Raphael Honigstein, those those kind of writers are. I mean those pieces are. It's it's solid inspiration and it's something to look look up to that kind of quality, and uh, I would say Gab- Gabriel Marcotti. Michael Cox. Um, I mean, even though Michael Cox does tactics pieces, it's still the way he goes about it. It's it's really uh, inspiring, and that sort of writing, that sort of quality is what I aim to achieve sometime down the line. Okay, yeah, because you're still very fairly young, correct? You're like nineteen, twenty years old. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're you're, you're nineteen. Tw- you're nineteen. Yeah, nineteen turning twenty in October. Okay, happy early birthday! Um, Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Uh, so yeah, so, so you're still very young, and and you're still honestly, I think you're pretty deep into the writing game, considering how long other independent writers have have been at it. So you're you're a freelancer. You helped co-found Football Chronicle. What are some of your goals? Um, in journalism, do you want to become a prof- professional journalist? Are you going to be studying journalism at university? Okay, yeah. So I am starting uh, uh, university in September. So I'll be doing journalism at the University of Sheffield. So I mean, it's a three-year course, and then from there, I mean, I do. I want to make it as a journalist, whether or not sports. I still haven't figured that out, but yeah. I, I do want to work in the field some way or the other. Okay. And then, obviously, there's a lot of flux in the journalism industry right now. There are a lot of question marks um, dealing with paywalls, dealing with clickbait, dealing with quality of content. Um, before you made the decision to study journalism, did you have any qualms about it? Were you nervous at all about kind of like sticking your, your feet into the journalism water? Okay. I mean, when I started writing... I obviously didn't think much about all that, but as I uh, started to get more and more involved with writing, I felt this is something I do well, and I, I felt like it's worth worth trying out, working on your strength, doing what you enjoy, and I feel I mean I know journalism is is constantly changing, but and that's it's a risky business, but at the same time, uh, it's exciting as well, and as as the change occurs, we'll have to adapt as well. And it's really, I mean, for me, I feel that having had a head start with my writing, I feel I'm better placed to tackle uh, what, even the course in university or job afterwards because I've had a lot of experience already covering events live, uh, writing pieces, but yeah, covering events live, different interviews. That's so, very true. That's yeah. very true. I, I, I see it like this. So a lot of students, when they're studying journalism, um, 
they take internships during the course of their studies. But with you, you can almost call your freelancing an internship in and of itself. And you've had this experience even before you started university. So I think by the time you get to campus um, this coming fall, you'll have a, a couple steps ahead of your classmates, which is a wonderful thing. You've done great work thus far in your, in your young career. You should be very proud of it. Thanks, Mitch. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. Karan, welcome back. I'm happy you got the yeah. connection. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah, it's pretty course. unfortunate with this power cut nonsense. No worries. No worries. That happens. <laughs> so um, before uh, or right after you left, I asked Raul about how he goes about writing some of his longer form pieces. And um, I wanted to highlight a piece that you said was one of your favorites on these football times. Um, it's about Jose Mourinho's three years at Real Madrid. And it kind of goes into um, his, his entire attitude during that, during that spell. Um, I wanted to get some insight into how you went about researching that story. Uh, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty interesting question, actually. Uh, it was called Jose Mourinho and the Dark Triad at Real Madrid, uh, if you haven't heard of it. Sounds like a bit of a Harry Potter spin-off, but <laughs> it's... Uh, all right, so at, at the time I was writing this, uh, I, planned, I actually planned this two months before it actually got published, which is why I actually think of it so highly. Uh, it was, so I was studying psychology at the time and, uh, I, I wanted to link football with psychology because I found both aspects pretty interesting. I was pretty bad at psychology to start, mind you. It wasn't something I was greatly interested in, but I wanted to work with something that linked psychology and football. And this was actually the right way to go about it. Not the right way, I would say. I mean, it was the best way to go about it. And I, it was just something that I worked on a lot because, I wanted to get the psychological aspect of it right, so there was a lot of research involved with psychology, uh, and of course the the Real Madrid part, which is trying to make it as accurate as possible. So there was a lot of sources, a lot of stories, and you just had to filter out the right ones from the wrong ones, right? You don't want to put something inaccurate and just you know tarnish a reputation sort of thing. But and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. it. It was a long process. It was a lot of reading, a lot of psychology, and a lot of a lot of football. So. That's how it went about. I can't exactly remember how I researched for it, but I can just say it was a lot of research involved. So, yeah. Okay. And um, uh, Raul was telling me that he kind of favors writing these longer form stories that involve a deeper sort of research. Are you in the same boat? Do you like writing the long form stuff the best? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it involves a lot of storytelling, which I enjoy a lot. And there's a lot of history involved, which is also a big uh, interest of mine. So it's fun to get something like that because the research. I, I always feel that the research part of writing a story is the best part, and you get to do, you get to do a lot of research when you're writing a long form story. So it's always something I enjoy. It is true. I like. I do like. I do like long form more than uh, than anything else. Yeah, I think it definitely gives you the opportunity to learn something new about the subject that's being covered. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, and the, the only I wouldn't call it a downside, but the only hurdle to long form is that you really need to hone in on your focus, which is uh, a big problem for a lot of us who are on social media a lot nowadays. That's true, actually. You can't, I mean, I often try to finish it off in one day itself, the writing part, because you do lose your flow and your focus and all that. So you just want to finish it off as soon as possible. Definitely. Um, Raul was telling me before that um, he plans on studying journalism when he gets to university this fall. Um, what are your plans for, for university? Will, be, will you be studying journalism as well? Yep, that is, that's the case for me too. Uh, I'm off to the University of Central Lancashire in Preston, and I'm going to be studying sports journalism. So just carrying on with what I do right now. Wonderful, wonderful. And as I was saying, as you were coming back onto the phone or onto the call, I was telling Raul that his freelancing before getting to university, I think, has served as an internship. So I think you're in the same boat. All the work that, you've done thus far will help you greatly once you get to university. Yep, that's 100% true. I mean, mm -hmm. when you apply for university and uh, the, the application team reads your application, they actually get back to you mainly focusing on what you've done. So, like, when I applied for uni last year, uh, I, I applied to five different unis at the same time, yeah? So, all five of them came back to me with the same response, asking me what I do and why I do and you know some just similar to a podcast where they're asking me more about my writing life so it is very helpful when you do freelance most definitely most definitely so i want to transition over to um something i think you guys will be excited to talk about which is football chronicle 
the website you founded, um, I guess a year ago now, right? It's your one year anniversary. Anniversary. Yep. Yep. One yep. year and eleven days. I think twelve days. Okay. So, um, I guess first before we get into the logistics of Football Chronicle, when did you guys officially? I'll put it, put it in air quotes. Meet. When did you guys become partners and friends and just uh, basic football like minded people? Uh, I would say twenty seventeen. I think. We, were just, we weren't exactly talking that much, but that's how it, it started. Okay. Uh, so I, I, and I needed someone to start Football Chronicle with because I wasn't too confident about doing it all alone. I could have, I think. I mean, no disrespect to, to Rahul, obviously. But, but we, uh, so we actually started talking very frequently after we decided to start Football Chronicle. It was just out of the blue sort of thing. I didn't have anything in particular, anything, any person in particular who I wanted to start this with. So I just thought, let's, let's start with Rahul. Funnily enough, this is actually the first time we're speaking over the phone. We've spoken on WhatsApp and Twitter and all that stuff, but we've never actually spoken voice to voice. Oh, so, wow. I'm happy to be able to uh, <laughs> provide you this opportunity. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it is strange, and it is pretty cool at the same time. So that's how it started. I mean, there is no big history. We weren't friends before. We just started being friends after after we started Football Chronicle. Okay. Yeah. And- yeah. I mean, I, I remember Karen messaged me. I think it was... During one of the World Cup games last year, yeah, yeah, uh, Portugal about, versus Uruguay, I think. Yeah, or I think it's France Argentina. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I, I remember he asked me. Then uh, I was like, "Yeah, this is something I would be interested in contributing to." I mean, I'd always thought about getting a side going, but my, I mean, I was I was too busy to get it get it going. So when when Karen asked me that. For if I could help him, I was like, sure, why not? I mean, I've I've not able, I'm not able to take a, I've not been able to take a major, um, play a major project. role, yeah, in this project. But I'm happy to help him where possible. Okay, so how long did it take to get off the ground? Like, do you remember when you first started building the website, and then when you went live? Uh, yeah, I mean. To, uh, we started in June 2019, obviously the World Cup last year. Uh, we didn't uh, have anything in particular. Obviously, when we when it was a weird story behind why we started. Actually, I mean, I had uh, I just finished school in June 2018, and uh, I didn't exactly have a big plan for the summer. So I thought, let's just start a website. It's always something I want to do. So then, when I got in touch with Rahul, and then we had we had two other people on the team. So, uh, oh, yeah. I won't say who. I won't say who. But there were two other people that were supposed to be on the team. It's supposed to be four people on the podcast right now, but it's just the two of us instead. That's fine. So, uh, we we laid the plans for it in late June and then through July. And we got a few writers on in mid-July. And they were pretty interested in the project. Uh, obviously, long form is, is a massive interest if you can keep the focus and keep the flow going. So, it's it was something that a lot of people took interest towards. So we started laying the groundwork for you know setting up the site, setting up WordPress. We neither of us had any experience. I think Rahul didn't either. I'm not sure, but neither of us had any experience with working with a website or starting a website or something like that. So it was new to us as well, and it was a challenge. And I had a lot of time because I was supposed to go to uni last year, but circumstances led to me being uh, led to me taking a gap year. So uh, I had a lot of time to contribute to this project. Obviously, I got a job somewhere in the middle of it, but. Uh, when I had the summer free, we had we put in a lot of work just trying to learn the basics of running a website and WordPress and hosting and all that nonsense. So, uh, yeah, it was just we started. Uh, we went throughout July, started in early June, went throughout July, and we started in early August. So it was about a month and a half, you could say, to get the project on off the ground. That's pretty good time because um, creating and kind of putting a website together is a big undertaking. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm sorry, can we just edit this out? Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, just someone else. No worries. Uh, what was the question? I'm sorry, just cut the file out. No, I was just commenting that um, putting together a website is a huge undertaking. I've had that experience too with Soccer Lit. So there's so many different little small things that come into your way when you're trying to put it together. Just like simple things like font. And making sure that all your photos are, are have the same branding, 
making sure all your pages are linked correctly and there are no dead URLs. So it's, it's really a huge part of the whole aspect of running a brand because just writing and editing stories, that takes up so much time, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a lot of work. You, you, and you just want to get it right each time. You don't want to do. You obviously don't want to do something wrong, right? You want to get it right, put it out perfectly, present it perfectly, and you know promote it perfectly. So there's a lot of work involved. And as I mentioned, neither of us had any experience, so we just. It was a lot of you know, a lot of late working in the night, working in the morning, and it was fun. I I, I would do it again. I, I I wouldn't mind doing it again. So it was it was a good time. Definitely, definitely. I always tell myself um. When I created Soccerlet in the summer of 2016, the, the, the act of creating the website is one of my fondest memories of like working on the brand. Like I just love putting it together that first time because it's really just you bringing something from your mind to life, which is an incredible thing. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it is your baby in the end. I mean, it sounds a little metaphoric and a little exaggerated, but it is your baby and you want to make it perfect, right? So. It's very true, it's very true. And it's, a lot, it's a lot of fun work, too. I mean, your work, Soccerlet and all, because you have so many websites linked and so many writers linked. And, and the new website looks excellent, by the way. I appreciate so, it. So there's a lot of work going behind it. And I would recommend it to anyone, to anyone actually. It's, it's a lot of fun work. Nice. Thank you. So one of the things I'm most impressed with, with Football Chronicle, is the fact that you've had a lot of writers write for you thus far. So how did you build up that community of writers? What went into uh, that? Uh, we started initially with about 20 people, I think, in August. I think it was 20, 25, something like that. So it was just a lot of Twitter work, actually. We didn't have any other main primary sources of writers wanting to join us. So it was a lot of tweeting out, messaging, seeing if people are interested. And a lot of the writers we have are university students, you know, first or second year university students, a lot of whom have almost no experience in writing. So uh, we had a few experience writers, obviously, but most of them have little to no experience or little to no experience in long form, if I'm more precise. So uh, I think that's been the objective for us, is get, on, get as many people on board and just try to promote and get good work. Okay. And then, so I, I know I was involved with one of, your, one of your series. I think it was a rivalry series. And in that particular instance you guys provided topics for writers to write about. But um, when writers are just starting to come to you for the first time and just want to write a one-off article or story, are you accepting pitches? Or do they come to you and ask, like, what do you want me to write about? And then you give them a topic. What, how, how does that process work? Uh, okay, so the work, what we mainly work with is that we always have a list of topics ready, right? So it's about 20, 25 topics which are ready. Uh, so when new writers come on board, they ask, uh, should I be sending over ideas or do you have any list of ideas that you want me to cover? Or they come up with an idea themselves and say, I want to write about yada, 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 yada. So, so it's, oh, it's a lot of background noise. No worries. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, we, for the series, which we did with you, we mainly, for all series actually, we mainly cover, we mainly give out a list of. Uh, topics which we would like to see covered, but we don't restrict to them. So if someone else says, I have a more interesting thing, I ask you why it's more interesting and why do you think it'll be a good addition to the series? So even in the rivalry series, I sent out maybe 15 uh, football rivalries. I think only about seven or eight of them were taken. I think even you suggested a, a different topic altogether. So uh, yeah, that's how we work. We have a list of topics ready and we want we don't force people to take them. We just say, if this interests you, take one. If it doesn't, send me what you've got, and I'll see if it suits us. Okay. And then a lot of the stories that have appeared on Football Chronicle, they are stories that you haven't seen on any other websites, uh, which is a testament to the research and work that you guys put in to, to kind of selecting different tidbits from the football world that will be interesting and, and niche. So is that just... In terms of coming up with those story ideas, is that just like grunt work? Is that just a lot of Googling? Or do you have like this vast football history in your head? Uh, it's a mix, really. I wouldn't take all the credit for it. A lot of the credit goes to all the writers we've had involved. So 
but when it comes to the stories you'd like to see, we always try to go to the obscure and the lesser told, so to speak. You know, because you could have a common football story told on many other websites, right? I would I would credit these football times because they have almost everything, I would say. So we try to go for something unique. Obviously, we, sometimes we might overlap. We can't control everything. But we try to go for something unique all the time, something that goes to a different part of the world altogether, something that is new, something that is fresh to people's minds that they can learn a lot. That is not an about page where we want to teach people and educate people. Obviously, we're not the biggest site in the world, but we try to uh, expand uh, our content. So that's how it is for all of us. Because the way I see it, and I'm sure a lot of people can agree with this, the way I see it, it's a global game, right? Football isn't restricted to one country or one region or one, one person or something like that. So even when we have a series, we try to go as global as possible. You mentioned the rivalry series earlier where we had uh, stories from Peru and Paraguay and the USA and Canada and uh, the Netherlands and all that stuff. So we try to expand our work as much as possible and diversify it as much as possible. So it's a lot of research to get a topic and obviously we can have some things that interest us which we, which we want to write about. So that's how it works for us. Yeah, I, I like the, 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 the tidbit you mentioned about the diversity of the work. And I think that really showed through in your latest series, the FC 99, because you guys covered 99 different players in the span of like two weeks. Um, and you had 43 writers writing stories about these 99 players. Um, that's a huge undertaking. And that's a lot of information to, to bring together and to process into like digestible articles can you kind of take me into the process of bringing this series together? Because it was mammoth. It was ginormous. Yep. That's, that's, that's something I love to talk about. Actually. It's, uh, that, that I would say is the project I'm most proud of because it wasn't just the writing and the editing. As I mentioned in a tweet a couple of days back, it was a lot of photo editing and photo cropping and, you know, just making visuals and graphics and all that stuff. It was a lot of fun work. Uh, but the, the main uh, objective behind it Actually, I wouldn't say the objective. The main story behind it is that we wanted to follow our suit of diversity all over again, right? So it wasn't just the players we, we mentioned in the series. It was the writers themselves because we had 43 writers exactly. And uh, what amazed me most was that we had people from all over the world. And that's, that, I feel, is, is the best part about journalism and sports journalism where you can unite people from different cultures and backgrounds and bring them all together in one project. We had uh, writers from uh, Turkey, Denmark, the USA, mostly the UK, some from India. And obviously me, I was living in, in the UAE and Rahul's in Singapore. So it was a lot of coming together at different time zones and planning and all that. So that was the best part. Uh, as for the pieces itself, we, want, we didn't mind going uh, a little off track and getting shorter pieces. So it was each piece was limited about 300 to 400 words and that's how it was. So the, the writing part was pretty standard. It was just what we wanted to do. We wanted to diversify our content and, you know, just, just attract more readers from different backgrounds. So that was the best part. Was there was there any aspect of, of like, splitting up the work? So, Raul, did, was it your job to, to edit some stories? And then, Karam, was it your job to create headlines and making sure everything was up on the site? How did you split that work? I mean, it's, it's largely Karam. So the thing for me is that I have, I have a two-year uh, conscription in the army over here, in Singapore. So okay. for me, so for me, I, I haven't been able to contribute as much as I would like to because either because I'm busy in camp or I'm just drained out by the time I get home. But for me, my my role is largely just to support current if. If he has, if he has questions, or if if he needs like maybe last minute editing, it is that kind of thing. I'm generally like to be there, but honestly, the credit largely goes to Karen. Like I have no problem saying that. Okay, okay, that's good to know. That that's interesting. But it's good that so, uh, Karan, you you take the lead with a lot of the content and managing the website. But I'm sure it's incredibly nice and it's very important that you have Raul there to kind of bounce ideas off of and kind of have someone you can collaborate with because yep. doing it by yourself um, 
it's kind of, I don't want, it's not unhealthy, but it's, it kind of limits you because you're not seeing all sides. So Raul can always act as a person to say, Quran, I think um, for this story, we should go with a different angle. Or Quran, maybe our branding for this series should be a little bit different. Yeah, that's how it is. I mean, there's a lot of support from, from Raul. And, uh, you know, even for FC99, there's a lot of, there's a lot of help he provided. I mean, the graphics and all that came down to me and Ringulatist and all that, that, that all came to me. But, uh, as he said last minute, I think there was a story, there was a thing last, uh, we started the season August 5th, yeah? And uh, on August 4th, we, well, I had a beautiful flood in, in the place, and it wasn't exactly a flood, it was just heavy rains and in the whole place got flooded up and there was a massive power cut for about two days. So Rahul had to take the lead on that and he didn't exactly know much about the series. So it's always good to have someone like that, someone in the know who knows what exactly to do at what time. And uh, he edited the series very late. He edited the last, uh, first piece very late. So it's always good to have that support along along the way. Definitely. And I, I like what you, you mentioned, the artwork, that you worked on the artwork for this series. And I think for all our listeners, it's really important to point out that writing in and of itself is, it's a craft. It has to be something you're good at and something that you continue to work at to hone your, hone your skill to make sure you're consistently getting better. But a whole nother animal in the, in the process of putting a website together is dealing with artwork. And for a lot of writers, it's something they have to kind of learn on their own using YouTube videos or online tutorials. But I think I, I should give you some credit for the artwork that you put out for FC99 because it, it, looks, it looks good. It, it's, it's a solid brand, and it looks like it took a lot of time to put it together. So can you tell me or take me into how you created these graphics? Was it Photoshop? Was it Illustrator? How did you bring this series branding to life? Uh, firstly, thanks. Uh, it's, it's very kind of you. Of course. Uh, I, I, it's no massive thing where I learned Photoshop. I just have no clue about Photoshop or Illustrator or anything like that. Uh, and granted, I'm no big Illustrator or graphic designer. I'm just someone who knows a lot of websites. So, uh, as you can see, the graphics we use, even right now, even after FC99 and even a few weeks before FC99, there's a bit of a change we've before like maybe two months ago we used to put just solid pictures you know of of the topic of the piece but now i've been working out with editing and you know uh getting a better presentation so what i i use lucidpress.com which is a website that is it's a, it's a graphic design website that companies use for people like me who don't know photoshop or who don't know illustrator it's just something that a beginner can use if you work around with it for a couple of hours. So uh, I didn't know the website. I didn't know Lucid Press last year. Uh, for about six months from September 2018 to March 2019, I was uh, an intern at my school. And they, they use Lucid Press because, as I said, they're not professionals. They're not graphic designers. They're teachers, right? So they use Lucid Press. And I started playing around with it a little bit, and I learned a lot. So that's what I use for graphics and stuff. So it's not exactly graphics, I would say, it's just uh, bringing a lot of pictures together and making it look as neat as possible. I, I don't want to discredit the work actual graphic designers do, because my work, my work is not actually graphic design. It's just a lot of patience, actually. <laughs> it's on the verge of graphic design, though, because the more it you is. do it, the better you'll get at it. Um, yeah, something, exactly. something you said about Lucifer, I'd actually never heard of that before. Um, also, try and check out Canva.com. It's yeah. also another online graphic design tool, which is very powerful and very easy to use. Yeah, I would recommend that. I, I used that before, but then I just found it more comfortable. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, something I always think about when I'm, when I'm thinking about online football websites is thinking of like the, the big players in the game. And I think we can all agree that these football times is, is the marker. I think it's, if, if there was a number one, it would probably take the spot. If we're being honest, it's just an incredible site with great storytelling and great branding. So a lot of its visuals look incredible. And I think um, we saw that on one of the latest series. I think it was, um, might have been like the Virtuoso series. And I'm wondering if, if 
you get a lot of your inspiration from these football times because I noticed with this FC 99 series, you were taking aspects of these football times past series when you put this into, into creation. So do you take a lot of your inspiration from these football times and other websites? Uh, I would say so. I mean, it's, it's difficult, right? Because these football times, as you said, they're the number one. And I actually believe that they're the number one in long-term football right now. There is no, there is no other way about it. So we, uh, it's difficult to say. We do, we do. I would say we are sort of inspired by them, obviously, because we both Rahul and I, we both been on TFC for a pretty long time. Uh, so yeah, that's that's our main strength, right? Long form football writing. So it's only natural that there are comparisons drawn, and then and that many people think that they are our inspiration. In fact, they are actually. We do look to to be on the same uh, level in terms of quality of content and diversity of content. Uh, obviously, not as popular as them. They you can put out maybe two, three good pieces a day, a couple of podcasts, and a couple of print magazines. So that's uh, what we're looking for. We want to be our own. Uh, we want to be something of our own, but at the same time, I would admit that we are inspired by them. Okay. And uh, Raul, what about you? What are some of the other websites that you use as inspiration uh, for your work at Football Chronicle? I mean, uh, honestly, like I, I mean, I haven't I haven't done uh, a piece on Football Chronicle for a while, but Earlier, what I used to do on the site was uh, interviews. So interviews with different different uh, kinds of people involved in football media. Or, like for example, there was an interview I did with uh, the uh, owner of a club in Prague. So, I mean, what what I tried to bring to uh, football chronicle was a different different kind of uh, a different kind of different kind of content. So, like like I said, interviews. And I, I think that now, uh, now that Karan and I both are going to be based in UK, with I, I think we'll have opportunity to delve into maybe different kind of content. I, mean, I don't know what, but uh, and personally, I myself, I'm looking to get more involved with the site. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the point you made about the interviews because I remember one interview. I'm pretty sure you did it. It was with um, Eli from Copa Ninety. Yeah, great. Yeah, that that was a wonderful idea. So that's kind of like in the same boat of what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I just want to talk with people who who create football content, whether it's writers or photographers or presenters or videographers. So I think the fact that you wanted to get his insight into such a a prominent brand in world football was was a very very good idea. Yeah, I mean for sure Eli is he's the top when it comes to that kind of content with this, you know, this this documentary, this documentary series, which it is, which he does, and especially the the Boca Juniors River Plate video uh, was was good enough. Like to, it's a proper documentary. It was, if I am not mistaken, forty minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It yeah. was. and I mean that the scale of it was was just amazing, and I I always wanted to speak to him. And when when I saw that video, I was like, "Oh no, we we have to get him on because everyone on Twitter was raving about the quality of the series." And then, how did you go about getting that interview? Was it just a Twitter DM? Yeah, I mean, I he had followed me back a while ago, so I thought it's okay; it's the perfect chance to actually speak to him. Mm-hmm. And and I was I'm not sure whether he would get back, but he replied very fast and. It was really great to speak to him. I bet, I bet. It was a cool interview to read. So, so you, you, you're both talking about wanting to start putting out different types of content. So what are you, some of your goals going into 2020 with Football Chronicle? What do you want to achieve? Um, this, uh, I would say I would like to uh, diversify more. That's always the key for me, Bring out new stories, but from an alternate perspective, I did a piece in November on Feyenoord City. Uh, I think I sent that to you too. Uh, it was about how they wanted to, you know, renovate or 
Bulls improve their stadium rather than Finals proposed move to all new stadium, which would be a lot more costly. So I want to focus on issues like that, you know, issues with which clubs face and which fans fans face. So obviously, being in the UK will help that, uh, where we have clubs that are struggling constantly and you know just going under and going staying relegated all the time. So I think focusing on issues is is something that I've always enjoyed doing. Uh, and that's that's how I want to go in the future for myself. But for Football Chronicle itself, uh, I think it's much of the same. You know, we've got a lot of... We, we want to keep the quality of content going up. It's always improving. I can see it every day. I edit most of the pieces, so I would... I actually know that they're improving a lot. And that's how it is for us. We just want to keep improving and keep diversifying and you know, moving forward. Okay. And then, um, should we be looking forward to any uh, new series? In the coming months? Yeah, uh, there's one in the pipe, pipeline uh, for next month. Uh, I, won't, I won't mention what it is about. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just prefer keeping it mum. Got to keep it a secret until, until uh, the release date. I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A few people know about it, but uh, it's still in the works. We just started working on it when started working on it last week, actually. So it should be out maybe mid-September. Hopefully that's going to work out on time. Okay. And then Raul, for, this question is for you specifically. Um, I saw that you you did an interview with Harry Kane at this past uh, ICC tournament in Singapore. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, you, you recorded the interview on your phone. So I'm wondering, since you'll be in England and, you, and you'll have more access to to football, whether it's the Premier League or the Championship or or Amateur League, because there's there's so much football in the country, are you going to be exploring more video content? Okay, so. The thing is, with the ICC content I did here, uh, I was doing social media for ICC itself. Okay. So, I mean, that's how I, I got a lot more access that you normally wouldn't even get. Even the regular media at the tournament didn't have the, that much access. And I, I managed to get the Kane interview because he was man of the match and they needed, they wanted a clip of the man of the match saying, talking to them about the game. But for me, the difference, the, the difference I feel is that in Singapore, it's, there's not so much competition in the media to cover these kind of games compared to, say, in Europe or even in England. So I would think that getting this sort of opportunity would be tougher in UK. But it's like I said earlier, I mean, if you want it, you can always mail the media officer and just try your luck. Very true, very true. And then, if you think about it, so obviously it's a big undertaking to to get a press pass for a Premier League game or a Championship game or any of those high caliber matches. But if you just go visit a local non-league club and like write a story about how they were found founded and write a story about maybe like the path of one of their current managers, how he worked his way from playing on a non-league team, like being involved with the club, and now he happens to be the manager. Like you could always. Just go in there and like whip out your phone and and record him for some video to place within the the body of the story. So I'm just wondering if you're thinking about different multimedia facets that you can kind of collect for the stories you're telling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that is that is what the different content I was talking about earlier that we could potentially explore now that we are in now that both Karen and I will be in. Uh, a country where football is everywhere. The opportunity for stories is much more and both of us could can go down and actually do conduct interviews in person rather than via email or Twitter and that opens up many more doors for even different kind much more different kind of content. Yeah, that's de- what I feel. Yeah. Definitely. It, it it'll be an exciting time for both of you. I re- I really feel that. Um, so I want to end the interview with um, a question I'm going to ask all my guests toward the end. So I want each of you to recommend three football websites, YouTube channels, or podcasts that you'd recommend our listeners to check out. Uh, Raul, do you want to go first? Okay. Um, are, these, are these mainstream or no, just no, no. sites you use regularly? Any sites that you would recommend, so they can be mainstream, but I would prefer, personally, more independent sites, podcasts, or YouTube channels. Okay. Uh, uh, let me let me 
think. Why don't you go to Khan first? Let me just have a think. Okay, okay. Are you cool to answer, Khan? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, the, obviously, these football times doesn't count for this, right? Uh, so, I would recommend, uh, in, in terms of junior blogs, I would say, I think uh, after the football is doing pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Have you heard of them? No, can you repeat that one more time? What are they called? And it was El Arte de Football. I think that's how it's pronounced. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've shared some of those yeah, stories yeah, on our yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have. So they're one of them. I think they're, pretty, they're doing pretty good themselves. Uh, the, then there's the Spanish Football Podcast, which is pretty decent. Actually. I've heard, I, haven't, I haven't heard all of them, uh, but they have a pretty good uh, outlook on Spanish football. I, I don't know if it counts for mainstream exactly because they have said no and all that. So... Uh, but they're pretty good as well. Even uh, there's DZ Football, the, the the Twitter account. I don't they don't exactly like, but it's just one person, right? It doesn't exactly like Dean uh, Dean Ami, I think. What is so that called? DZ Football. DZ Football. Yep. Okay. It's, okay. An Alger- it's an Algerian football, and he does pretty good content. So he's uh-huh. a good part. He's a good uh, videographer. So he's pretty decent. So that's I think okay. that's, that's three I'd recommend. Okay, that's a good shout on DZ Football. I didn't know they existed, so I'm following yeah. them right now. They're not exactly on the text-based uh, stream, and they're mainly on video and all that. So It's not exactly a it's, it's a one person, right? It's one person running the whole show, and uh, he's a pretty good uh, host of what he does. Okay, nice, nice. Good shouts. Raul, do you have three? Okay, yeah. So, um, Football Paradise is one, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's a wonderful site. Yeah, the content right, they put so. out and the, the editors, they put in a lot of effort into uh, in, into the site and they have won awards. They are they are quite recognized and I, I would think that, I mean, I've always wanted to write for them, but for some reason, things haven't worked out. But yeah, they are one. And just a couple of other sites, okay, a bit bigger, but what I wanted to shout out to is... I mean, I always enjoy Football 365, the, the, what they do in terms of the media community, the, when they, they call out um, clickbait posts, and generally the content they do is quite enjoyable for me, as if, if you know, you just want to, like a quick read. Definitely. And, yeah, and another one, I mean, it's obviously a new uh, development, but The Athletic. What is that called? Uh, the the athletic, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I know them. <laughs> I mean, of course, of course, based in US. <laughs> but I mean, the footballs. I I subscribe just to see how it would go, and honestly, the content is worth the the worth the subscription, in my opinion. Yeah, and, I mean, I have the app, so now I'm just that's there's so much content there that that's my main focus <laughs> on the way to work or at work. You know, there's there's so much content. And yeah, it's top quality as well. It's yeah. very, it's very, very, one, very good content. One one thing I would say about Football Paradise, I just ignored them for some reason because I considered them in the, in the these Football Times tier. Uh, I think Football Paradise is probably the best team I've worked with. Sadly, I only worked with them for, for about two or three months. Maybe it was two pieces, but they have probably the best team I've worked with because they are so thorough with what they do. I would say in terms of editing and the way I want uh, the content to be on Football Chronicles, I think a lot of my inspiration comes from them too. So I would consider them very highly, and I do recommend I do recommend that people check them out because they have a very they have a really good model. No clickbait, no ads. It's all just pure football journalism. And even the founder of it, Goran Mandrakar, he is incredible stuff. He started Football Paradise in a similar way uh, that we. That I that we did football chronicles right. It was just no ads. We were just regular people from a non-football country, and we just wanted to put something out there because we enjoy football journalism. So I would say they have one of the best teams and the best cast that I have come across. Yes, I totally agree. That's a very good show. A lot of the content they put out is is honestly yeah. it's, it's very thought-provoking. Yeah. It's it's high quality. It's just. Really, really yeah. good reads all around. So that, yeah. that's a wonderful and, show. And I did just two pieces for them, and it was incredible. I learned a lot from them. So I would recommend any young writers that that want to learn and grow 
in the football journalism industry, I would recommend you work with them because they're incredible, actually. I totally yep. agree. I totally yeah, agree. I agree too. But, um, uh, Karan Sojuani, Raul Warrior, thank you so, so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this, uh, this conversation. Uh, for all our listeners, please check out Football Chronicle. Um, I will link out to their Twitter for the website and their personal Twitters um, when this podcast is up. So um, thank you all for listening. And again, Raul, Karan, thank you so much for being involved. I really appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure to be on. Thank you thanks so much. for having us on. And thanks for the support as always. Of course, yeah. of course. I'll talk to you both of you soon, okay? Yep. Sure. Yep. Okay, take Thanks, it easy. Man. Bye. And that was Karan Tejwani and Raul Warrior. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed the conversation, help us promote the podcast. Post about it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, email it to your friends, do whatever you gotta do. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or general comments shoot Sakala a DM on Twitter. Again, I really do appreciate everyone who took the time to listen. I'll see you all next week.